As he was getting into the boat, the man who had possessed with who had been possessed with the demons begged him that he might be with him, and he did not permit him, but said to him, I, I the Bible's so bad with the positives. Um <laughs> and he did not permit him, but said to him, Who's talking to who? He and him. Who? And him and he. Who's and he said it to him. And and who said it to who but him? Oh my god, I hate it. <laughs> Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians, we are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is uh, Evan. And I'm uh, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> sure are. I'm knocking out of the park already. Um, and we are two ex-communion crackers. Perfectly executed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Do you have the little wafers, the little, like, um, the little tiny squares? Uh, yes. We had the two giant silver trays that they would pass around we were were monthly communion takers what was your church like growing up weekly or monthly i think we were bi-monthly honestly we didn't do it that often gotcha so it's just every every once in a while you thought hey let's just crank these out yeah honestly i didn't pay attention enough to notice Mm -hmm. and i think i asked and they were like yeah it's once every blah 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 blah." (laughs) and i was like oh whatever that means I, I think you're right. Now I think about there was like a debate in our church of like, should we go to quarterly communion? You know, try to save yeah. a few pennies here and there because we need more for the VBS this year. We should cut down on communion crackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, we had the trays that had like the little tiny diet saltine cracker, whatever it was, yeah. and then a juice cup. Did you Did you dip the crackers in the grape juice? No, I took it like a shot. That's how I learned how to take shots as a kid. Nah, I uh, <laughs> dipped him early on. Scott was taking shots from an early age. Um, no, I <laughs> um, I would dip the cracker in the grape juice um, because uh, when I was a, a Methodist, that's kind of how you did it. You would take oh. the bread and you would dip it in the uh, grape juice they gave you and then you'd eat it. And then I went to a Baptist church and I did that same thing and I got looked at like I was an alien <laughs> and I was like, I will also, but y'all are dumb for not doing this because this makes this cracker taste way better. Those are tough to get down. They would like stick to your teeth. They were it tasted like literal paper. Yeah, it was recycled paper, then broiled for five minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> recycled put on a paper tray. put in the oven. Yeah. And <laughs> just they were horrendous. Have you ever been in one of those stores? I had to actually go in and by i mean they sell them at lifeway oh i didn't think lifeway i went to some random 
downtown Indy, there's like a Catholic church supply store and it it's exactly the energy you think it is when you walk in. Man. <laughs> just paint me a picture. It's just absolutely lit. Music's pumping. There's smoke just pours out of the door when you open it up. As a nun with glow sticks. <laughs> what do you want? Come here, your wipers. When do you want them? Now. Sometime before Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Lifeway, the Lifeway in Tuscaloosa, where I we went to college, sold communion wine. You could just buy it off the shelf. You're like, I'll take a glass of Christ, please. I'll have what he's having. The 2012, please, Christ. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good year. <laughs> great year for Christ. Great, great year for Christ. Great year for communion wine as well. God, this might be the more most sacrilegious thing. Sorry to our Catholic listeners. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and again, sorry to our Catholic listeners. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening, sorry, sorry. first off. Um, <laughs> but secondly, what we do is we take the uh, stories in the Bible that are kind of quirky, kind of weird, kind of odd, and we just kind of talk about them. We, we kind of digest them a little bit. Usually we start out with an icebreaker topic, which is something in Christian news or maybe something from our past. And today I have a quite the news article and this is old news and so maybe our listeners have heard about this before but i was only recently made aware of this we did it was new to me when you shared it yeah. we did an episode on the tower of babel uh, a few episodes ago and um i was in ohio this past weekend and it was brought to my attention that the uh, ark encounter which mm. is run by answers in genesis run by ken ham is the big uh, if you don't know what it is, if you've heard about the big ark constructed in the middle of Kentucky, that's what it is. Part of the Creation Museum experience. The Creation oh, yeah. Museum experience that costs like $55 per ticket or something absurd. They are building a Tower of Babel. Stop. Now, I'm going to repeat that again. The Ark Encounter is building the Tower of Babel exhibit. An exhibit based off of a building that was destroyed because it was being built. I was going to say, right off the top of the dome, there's three things wrong with this. Yep, go ahead. One, you nailed it. If they read the Bible, <laughs> this was a tower that was not supposed to be built. Oh. So it's... Oh man. It's like pick I don't know, picking a it's like making a an apple tree for Eve to eat off of. I don't know, it's making a serpent garden, but why would you make the thing that is not supposed to get built? One, two, it's lame, and three, I can't imagine how much money they're going to be pouring into this exhibit already at the Creation Museum. They've according to this uh article, they've raised private funds to private funds to construct and open them uh it um at least it's private funds. I'll take that. This is an article from Christianity Today. A release from the Ark Encounter said the new attraction will tackle the racism issue by helping oh. visitors understand how genetics and research in the Bible 
confirm the origin of all people groups around the world, which is another problem with the Tower of Babel. Oh, yeah, name that's number four. <laughs> because <laughs> this was a story of God stopping this and being and saying, you know, all right, they they're doing this out of their own glory, and so we'll. I'll make them all not understand yeah. each other. And if you're saying that that's the origin <laughs> of race, it gets a little, I don't want to say eugenics-y, but it, it does get a it little feels like racist. Icky. <laughs> it feels icky. Yeah. Also, everyone, we just went over this in our other episode. They weren't doing anything wrong necessarily. Now, you can say that, yes, they were building it to try to supersede God and maybe make a tower bigger than anyone's ever seen and just therefore they were God or something like that. But if you really just read it at for, you know, what it is, people got together, they said, Hey, let's build a huge tower just for the heck of it reaches yeah. the heavens. And then God said, I don't like any of this. Now you're all different languages. So if they're going to be pointing fingers at to where the problem started, it seems like <laughs> there might be reading the wrong story. So, Oh boy. One more thing for the Creation Museum. Wow. Another another quality uh, piece of this article. Unlike Noah's giant vessel, there is no biblical template or physical description for the dimensions of the Tower of Babel from Genesis 11. But according to answers in Genesis, uh, quote, studying the oldest buildings from the area, archaeologists assumed the Tower of Babel looked like a ziggurat. And I'm curious... Because the idea is that they're building it to the heavens. Well, they just kind of like stop at like four stories. Yeah. <laughs> and just be like, this is what it looked like. And people are like, okay, but like. That ain't that big. There's a lot of other buildings smaller. <laughs> yeah. That Holiday Inn down the street is a little bit bigger. Knowing the Creation Museum, they will attempt to make it realistic. I'm putting air quotes up, but. You can't see that because you're listening, but. <laughs> but Way to go, Scott. <laughs> whoop, strike out for me. This is radio, not TV. Yep. But they try to make things realistic. And I will give them credit. I think they go pretty hard into the illusion of things looking like they are ancient. They do a lot of work and a lot of prep. I've, I went to the Creation Museum in high school, and it's honestly oh. a. And, fantastic facility as far as a facility goes it's just that the whole idea is absolutely bonkers but absolutely so i think uh one of three things is going to happen hit me i think they're either going to build it they're going to build it it's going to be there they're going to build it and run out of money and then just kind of be like oh it's, we it's god's the, we repeated the same stories in part the two <laughs> yep um or it's a ploy from the beginning to say they're going to build it and they're going to start building it and it's going to be unfinished. And that's just the whole ploy here is to, quote unquote, make an attempt. Now, I have read things. I'll say this in defense of um, defense and in offense of Ken Ham. Uh, it was pointed out to me earlier that like maybe the Tower of Babel is more of a story about building an empire rather than just a building. And sure. it's just kind of read in there as that. But, you know, it, it still brings up the same questions uh, like, OK, well, then why did God not stop 
the atom bomb from being built, right? Yeah. But it, it, I think, you know, that's a reasonable explanation there. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, with Ken Ham, with all of his resources, but why is he building this tower then? It looks like it's going to happen. There's an article from Ken Ham on Answers in Genesis about the reproduction saying coming. I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking this would be a media ploy and just go, whoops, we're actually not. We just wanted to catch your attention. Knowing them, they're going to say, we're going to build this thing and we're going to show people just the awesome, mighty power of recreating biblical stories in actual life. <laughs> so I'm just going to what's going to happen after this. They're going to run out of giant monuments to make from the out of shit to build. What are they going to build next? The whale and Jonah? Just make a giant whale exhibit with a big slide? <laughs> <laughs> what do you make next? <laughs> When's slide. it too far? <laughs> it's a reverse slide that starts at the mouth and then yeah. goes out the blowhole. Remember, he's a fish, though, not a, not a whale. That's, that's true. That's so. a Ken Ham thing, though. It's He's not a mammal. The Bible says fish, so it was a giant fish, not a whale. So. Wow. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Wonderful. Uh, a Tower of Babel, wow. Ark Encounter, coming sometime. We have to go. I think we should need to do a live episode from Creation Museum. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, we would get kicked out immediately. We'll see. We, we, we Dude, can probably. They, they watch you. They're, they're, they're on to people coming in there and laughing at you. And me and my jolly ass walking around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be. I get kicked out immediately. Scott will get, I'll, I'll be able to keep my cool. Scott will be walking around like. <laughs> horse teeth and all why would you say something so brave <laughs> i am my father's son we both have big chiclet teeth oh, man. <laughs> all right what are we getting into today evan today we're going to be talking about a uh, demonic story Ooh, bible a story spooky. about demons this is an Love episode it. partnered with supernatural um, today we're talking about um the part of the bible where jesus expels demons and puts them into pigs starting in uh chapter 5 verse 1 they came to the other side of the sea to the country of gerasenes and right. when when jesus had stepped out of the boat immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit he lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. He was not into the stuff that we are into today. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No Fifty Shades of Grey for this man. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar... He ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For you were saying to him, Come out of the man, you <laughs> unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And the unclean man replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, send us, oh, sorry, send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. 
So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and into the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. Okay, pause there. I can't hold it in any longer. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so let's just recap what we have so far. So <clears throat> Jesus and the posse step out of the boat, and they're met by... An insane person. <laughs> who I imagine sounded like Gilbert Godfrey, but that's who apparently is Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah. A, a really swole Gilbert Godfrey steps out of the tombs. You hear the glass break, the Steve Austin theme song <laughs> cracks off. Absolutely. What have you to do with me the most Yeah, this guy's he's doing his, you know. Neck roll, his shoulder rolls, all that. He's getting things loosened up. So essentially we have, and I don't have a lot of backstory on this particular Bible story. I know it's uh, been talked about in the more pop culture, like Legion uh, wasn't, the, I believe was a, one of the characters in Constantine, if I recall, and a lot of like demonic stories. And I'm sure like, I haven't, I've never watched Supernatural. Evan, you click a guy that's maybe watched Supernatural. The first three seasons. When the angel guy became God, that's when I kind of stopped watching because I was just like, I don't know how they can top themselves from here. He becomes God? He becomes God. Whoa. Spoiler alert. Like, sorry. I, spoiler alert for everybody. <laughs> I should put that in front of there. But like, yeah, he becomes like, I don't know if God just kind of like stops or if he just gains power enough to become God at some point. But he just does become God and he's just like, I can do anything. And he like, walks into a church and he's like, I'm God. And they're like, no, you're not. And he like zaps them all. I, I think so. I'm not sure. Is that a CW show? Yeah. Trying to top themselves in ridiculous manner. Yes. <laughs> yes CW I was going to say CW. Yeah. Sends it right. Oh no. The flash has ruined the timeline for the 9,000th time. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie called Legion? I'm think too about like demons. That sounds that rings a bell, but some might say that this man experienced like multiple personality um, and was like, oh, I've been riddled with. So some people look, take a more, I don't want to say scientific approach, but they might look at this and go, oh, these, this is not. In, in biblical times, they would just mark this man as being possessed Possess, by multiple yeah. demons. Whereas in modern day, if we encounter a person like this, we would say they would have some form of like, like a personality, like schizophrenia or something like that. So we try to rationalize it, but we don't really have that many clues. But either way, the dude's strong as hell. That's one <laughs> <laughs> big clue ripped out of his mind and it shows like the power of jesus being able to command any spirit and that's an interesting theology point and to take it to a serious place i i think it's this is a verse you have to reckon with when you are reading through the bible about what you believe about demons and dark spirits and all that because if you do believe in christ then you must also believe in demons because otherwise, what the heck is Jesus doing in this verse? So it's, it, I find it fascinating because I've, I've ran into people who don't believe in like most of the supernatural. You know, they would rationalize many things away, but then they do believe in the Gospels. So it's interesting. Point. I am wondering if this is a story that was cooked up in a similar way with the Salem Witch Trials. Hmm. because maybe he got off the boat and this farmer was just like, come back here, pigs. And then they all ran into the sea and drowned. And he looks at Jesus and he's just like, 
I cast out a spirit and put him in there. You're welcome. <laughs> I love this interpretation. <laughs> that I tend to believe those interpretations in the Bible more than anything else. Like I, I legitimately would believe that more that that actually happened more than yeah. there being some form of a supernatural demon ex currency exchange. You get 2000 for one, one man for 2000 pig exchange rate. Um, yeah. That's what I'm also curious about too, is that they had to go into 2000. So homeboy was oh, yeah. holding on to 2000 spirits or was it one spirit so big? Or he says he's, he's of many, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we are many. About 2,000 rushed down the steep bank, which also gets into an interesting uh, concept because, Scott, I don't know if you've played any Elder Scrolls games or Skyrim or anything like that. I'm not cool. Um, I haven't. Okay, well, I am cool, and I have, <laughs> I'm just riddled with cool walking out here. With I play Minecraft. Tank, Sorry. With a tank top and a gold chain and just, you know. God, tank top and gold chains. <laughs> yeah. But in Skyrim, you have the ability to soul trap and you have the ability to uh, either cast that spell or put it on your weapons. Everybody, please hang with me. Um, <laughs> you saw my face. <laughs> yeah. But the point that I'm getting to is uh, you can uh, essentially power up your weapon by uh, trapping the soul of a creature you kill. And obviously, like, a rabbit or you know a, a, um, a coyote those are gonna be you know that's gonna fill it up like smaller than like a huge monster like a troll or a person like different things like that and so i'm wondering like does two thousand <laughs> pigs equal the soul of one man like so wow, like jesus is like xp farming out here <laughs> exactly <laughs> He needed to boost up the miracle power. Oh, and he was like, he was just like, whoo, I am drained after that like storm incident that just happened. I need to get some pet back in my step. Do you think this is part of the Jesus Christ video game that they're going to be making? I hope so. I feel like this is probably one of the, not the final boss, but certainly one of the storyline bosses you have to fight oh, yeah. is Legion. And it's in some insane in game mechanics. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. I think uh, the other person I feel bad for in this is the farmer. I mean, I think he's the only person I feel bad for in this because I think he's the only person to feel bad for um, kind of coming out of it because, you know, the guy who was possessed by a demon no longer is. You know, yeah, I think I feel bad for the 2,000 pigs that just got... Yeah, that's a lot of pigs. They could have said 200, too. Like, they, they yeah. didn't have... To, I know that they tend to exaggerate and there wasn't really a great way of counting in mass quickly like that if they were to you know to be fair people in the bible count the way that i count <laughs> like probably similar to me too yeah we'll, we'll go to a bar and I, katie will be like how many people are in there i'll be like a million and it's like seven you know have you ever been to a church plant and they count attendance and report that before oh absolutely they count it and it's just like how many people are there on sunday uh, there were 3.7 billion people there. It's like, that's not, we don't have that many people on earth. You're in a cafeteria of an elementary school. Don't lie. There was 9 trillion people. Pe 9 trillion people got saved. <laughs> oh, okay. Martians were there too. Did not know that. Yep. We live streamed other planets. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, I feel bad for the farmer here because he's just kind of minding his own business. And then all of a sudden this dude's demon gets like, I guess, split up. 
either split up or I guess since there are many demons inside this man, they like all 2000 of the demons get individually put into the pigs. That's the way I interpret it is he has like 2000 demons inside. Uh, maybe like Jesus is just like, oh, you know, I feel 2000 demons uh, in this guy doing some quick math over here. 2000 pigs. This is going to work. How convenient. How convenient. <laughs> Uh, and then that farm is just kind of like, what the hell? I wonder if this was only worked with pigs because they are of similar mass and, you know, weight rate, brain to body ratio, if that would work. Yeah. I know that pigs were considered unclean animals. So the unclean spirits had to go into an unclean being. Yeah. Uh, but there were other unclean animals. I think uh, reptiles were considered unclean, maybe, and uh, certain types of like, pe- or animals in the sea. Yeah, certain sea creatures. So uh, who knows if it could have been other animals out there? Could have been like two two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Also raises the questions to the limitations of like, like what are the rules of the spirit realm? I got really into spirits and dark demonic stuff when I was like a freshman in high school and not on the side of like, God, mom, you just don't understand. Like I'm into demons now more like I thought I could save people and perform exorcisms. If I believed hard enough in (laughs) in high school, (laughs) that's the most loser thing I've ever heard you say, (laughs) dude, I was, I sucked. (laughs) I gave a talk at our fellowship of Christian athletes when I was in high school about how you should protect yourself from demons. I was in chess club and I would bully you. I, I should. I deserved a good bully. <laughs> I I needed one. I needed a bully bad in high school. Oh man. Um, I gave a talk about how spiritual warfare is real, and you have to protect your spirit from demons. Um, and I, my evidence was the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, which is a really great book, but. But it's also a fictional book. Yeah. Not based <laughs> in reality at all, let alone even the Bible. Oh, my it God. It pulls some themes from the, the, the Bible, but I, I'm fascinated by how churches and and believers will kind of world build this demons and dark spirits, and it's really not rooted in the Bible that much. There's like, this is all you get, really. Yeah. There's not a lot of like, Oh, if you hear a demon in your house, do this or, you know, take holy water. Like even the idea of holy water to me is, you know, where did we get all this? Like the little vials of those, you know, the little bottles of holy water you can buy places and throw on your couch to get the demons out of it. That's all just from what I know made up. It's not really rooted in the Bible. Well, I think it also kind of has, uh, and I'm just conjecturing here as well. Uh, it may have some, something to do with, uh, pagan roots as well. Sure. Um, so when you when you had um, when you had missionaries go to uh, England, um, a lot of what they did was they were uh, like, okay, well, this story about Beowulf, this is very similar to Jesus in this respect, or mm. this is similar to you know this uh, saint, and so they would take the stories that they were telling, um, these pagan stories, and they were telling, they're saying, you know, this is kind of similar to mm-hmm. Christianity, so why don't you become a Christian instead? Um, and then when they got bigger swords, it was like, become a Christian now. Um, but right now, <laughs> right now, um, there's a lot that, uh, the Bible and Christianity 
has pulled from other cultures and sort of accommodated for their own purpose. You know, like, okay, this is now ours. And we're yeah, kind of well, the whole idea of like putting the Christ uh, flavor on it. You have patron saints. Well, the whole idea of uh, a patron uh, started with, you know, uh, polytheism where you had different uh, patron gods of like farming and this, that, or the other. Yeah. And now Catholic Catholicism has just taken it and run with it on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as the patron saint for everything. Come at me, Catholics. Come at me. <laughs> Evan against Catholics today on this episode. <laughs> Come on. What do you want? Um, let's let's finish it off, though. How about the yeah. verse 14 through 20? Uh, the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. All right, he's got <laughs> he's got a shirt on. He's got has like a Garfield hair. shirt on and just some running shorts, some yep. Crocs. And they're like, oh. <laughs> "Crazy Greg is no longer Crazy Greg. I'm normal Greg." And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon possessed man and to the pigs, and they begin to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had possessed with who had been possessed with the demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, I, I, the Bible's so bad with the positives. Um, <laughs> and he did not permit him, but said to him, who's talking to who? He and him. Who? And him and he. Who's and he said it to him. And, and who said it to who but him? Oh, my God. I hate it. <laughs> Go home to your friends. Whose friend? Jesus' friends or this guy's friends? Who knows? And tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away who, and began to <laughs> proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. That he was... and him and everyone and them and you and I. And... Oh, I hated that. Um, <laughs> to kind of recap what just happened there, uh, the townsfolk came down, saw that the man wasn't possessed anymore. He had clothes on. Um, which is nice. They were like, what happened? And they was like, well, Jesus sent the demon possessed this man into those pigs. And they were like, all right, can you please leave? Because you might be killing our economy. And then Jesus gets into the boat and the demon possessed man is like, hey, can I come with you? Kind of sucks for me here. Um, and Jesus goes, no, I am kind of <laughs> making it a little bit hard on Jesus. But like, um, he says, no, just tell people what happened here. Uh, maybe they'll understand a little bit more if you kind of explain it from your perspective and then he does so and that's how we get this story i'm still on the timeline that this guy screwed up he left the gate open on the pig pen and they somehow all just got shoved out and into the sea and then he just saw jesus getting off the boat high-fiving his homies over there you know his posse <laughs> i'm gonna blame it on that guy i'm gonna blame it on him he sent a demon legion into the pigs, and now I got to put. Yeah. He's it was a nudist colony. That's the thing they left out too. That's why. Yes, yes. You were afraid of clothes. They were like, "Hey, we have a strict point." To Jim, the what are you doing? Why you got a shirt on? Yeah, we have a strict <laughs> no clothes policy here now. You need to put your clothes back on. <laughs> we don't like those clothes people around here. Yeah, nobody, nobody wear clothes. That's that's our thing. Shirts, shoes, no service. We we like it bare here. No, no, no. Pigs, not bears. Pig, pigs, not bears. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> bears have a stronger soul presence. Yeah, they get more 
more XP per kill. Any final thoughts on this uh, story we got today, Scott? Um, no. How about you? <laughs> my my uh, thoughts on this one, I would say, just what I'm repeating. I, I just find it fascinating that there's such these tiny pockets of verses about demons and dark spirits in the Bible. I, I off the top of my head, I can only think about like a handful of times in the New Testament where there's like a encounter with a demon or the devil or a dark spirit. Um, and yet we have so much emphasis on that, you know, in, in the kind of church world today of like, Oh, that, yeah. that might be demonic or Pokemon is demonic. Harry Potter, that's demonic. And I, I just remember growing up and thinking but not Lord that, of the Rings or lion, lion, the witch in the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. But I remember growing up and thinking and being scared that I could be possessed at any point and not know it. It kind of put a weird fear in me as a kid of like, Oh, I could just be possessed. And how would I not know? What if my, what if I start being me? Like, am I suddenly yeah. possessed then? And, um, I remember people try to console me like, Oh no, once you're a believer, then you can never, you know, once Jesus takes residence in your heart, he ain't leaving. But then it's like, how do I know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's no, like, you don't have like a, you know, there's no meter on your bike says like, Oh, I'm full. Like got the Holy spirit in there. So there was always just this question of, well, how do I know that I'm okay and I'm not going to be possessed? And so it was these kinds of verses growing up for me that were a little, not scary, but um, it did raise questions. That's why I wanted to talk about it, because it, it was always a, a story that I thought was a little odd, and they just kind of move on from it. They just jump to the next. I mean, that's how the New Testament's written. They just sort of jump from you know, kind of story to story. Anyway, there's no real like and another news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like breaking news and breaking news again and breaking news. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are your thoughts, Evan? No, I got the same similar thoughts because, like, as a kid, I was so scared of anything demonic. Mm. Um, I was so scared of anything that had to do with the devil. I remember the Disney movie H E Double Hockey Sticks, and yes. I was so so terrified of the devil lady in that movie. I was scared of that. All dogs go to heaven because like the bad dog and everything like that. And then, um, yeah, I, I remember watching the stand before I was ready to with like Gary Sinise, um, the Stephen King movie. Oh, about like, I never saw uh, that. Oh, it's, it is really good. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but it's just about like the rapture in the end days oh. and everything like that. Uh, it's, it's a better, um, a better left behind. <laughs> like if left behind was thought out basically any other left behind yeah better left um ben i remember seeing that and i was just like scared that satan was gonna come get me yeah yeah there was a real fear as a kid of no one told you it wasn't real i or it, it was not something to be afraid of you know I, I people would enforce that idea that the devil could be watching you and trying to prey on you at all times you know yeah, pretty and it was scary it was just kind of like you know um yeah well there's god and then there's the devil well what's the devil well he's really bad and really evil and he makes people do terrible things and he might come get you but there's also god and he's pretty good and it's like all right <laughs> back up yeah I, and there's not that much about the devil either so you can't really like learn no. about it or anything so that also kind of makes it scary because you're you don't really know that much so you just start building up these stories in your head i mean i thought the devil like would watch me all the time. I just thought like, oh, well, he, if God's, you know, watching me, then the devil's also watching me at all times. And that was scary to think about as a kid that like some 
creepy, ultra evil being was just hanging out in your bedroom every night. Oh yeah, sure. Just like almost like a boogeyman. Yeah. Um, I will say this before we get into our plugs. I remember seeing on Facebook the most like uh, church ladies like slap that ever happened. This uh, person I knew posted on Facebook. She was one of my uh, friend's moms, and she was like, "Man, it's shameful how just some people act." And then another lady commented and said, "I'm so sorry to know that the devil took hold of you today." Oh my gosh! Which is catty as hell for church ladies. She, yeah, like, that's that's outside. bottom of the barrel. Damn, Brenda's coming out with the big guns. Holy cow. I'm sorry that the devil took hold of you today and made you say those horrible things because I know that's not you. Oh my God. I can't even just, there's two weird things going on with that kind of statement. Cause you're also not, you're kind of throwing shade, but you're also saying, Oh, we're not responsible for our bad actions. Cause it was just the devil doing it through me. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you got to plug? What's, what's on the plug list, Evan? Uh, I recently watched The Glass Onion, that sequel to <gasps> Knives Out. Yeah. Really good. I liked it. I saw it too. Really good. Really good. Yeah. Well, it dibs on it for my plug. So you've got to find something else. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> um, I mean, Daniel Craig does a wonderful job. Edward Norton, incredible job. Everybody in that movie does a an amazing, yeah. an amazing job. And so it's just... A lot of Easter eggs in that one too. A lot of little hidden. I just been seeing after uh, after the fact all these little pointers of like, oh, they were wearing this, and that was pointing to this clue. And yeah, um, it it does feel like a modern day clue movie, and I love oh, it. it definitely. And it's it's so so fascinating. A lot of fun. So, um, well, what do I have to plug? Oh boy, I, was, <laughs> I had it written on my hand, glass onion. <laughs> <laughs> um you're um, probably gonna hear ass me ass bunion ass bunion was that a movie <laughs> movie about paul bunion's ass paul bunion's ass <laughs> jeez um well if we're gonna stay on movies i did see the whale last weekend and oh, yeah it is incredibly depressing but very good and if you're a big fan of Brendan Fraser, which me and my wife are, as the rest of the world should be, uh, he gives an incredible performance. It's it's one of those where it's shot like in just one location. So it kind of feels like a theater piece, like it like you know, it's just like a almost like a stage play, I guess, because it's um it takes place in his apartment and Brendan Fraser being like seven hundred pounds or whatever in the movie is just it's an amazing feat of like the makeup work and whatnot. It looks so real. And then his performance is incredible. Me and my wife were like crying on the way out. <laughs> I remember we were leaving and I, I said something as soon as I opened the door out of the theater, I said, wow. I was like, that sucked. And then the guy that was like coming in to clean kind of looked like down. And I was like, not sucked in a bad way. I've had sucked. Like, wow, that hurt my heart. Sucked. <laughs> like, I was like, it was really sad. It didn't suck. Great movie, but man. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all the media I've been consuming last week. So but we got more to come with this podcast. We got another episode cooking up. Um, we do plan to twitch stream at some point the I am Jesus Christ. We have to. 
we need yeah. to work on that. It just we're waiting for it to release before we can jump on it, and we'll have news about that whenever it happens. I am Jesus Christ, game developers. If you hear this, get it out. Yeah, <laughs> this year we need it. We're coming for you. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to support our podcast, uh, however you support it, if there's a rating system on there, please give us a rating. It really helps with the algorithm. Um, we also want to hear from you about suggestions on topics, thoughts that you have on what we talk about. You can contact us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, at unblessedpod. And without further ado, my name's Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible.